Welcome back to another exciting episode of Goth Girl Horror, the Hack Slash Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Chris, and coming back on the show to talk about this single standalone issue in the Hack Slash Resurrection series, we have returning to the show, Greg Elner. Thank you for coming back on the show, Greg. Hey, it's great to be here. What have you been working on since the last time you were on the show? Well, I still do things with uh, Multiversity Comics. I recently did an interview with Tim Seeley about some another project he has coming up and was talking with him a little bit about his more recent things with Hack Slash. But beyond that, well, there's not really a ton going on. I've been just trying to keep up with what there is, and I'm going to try and put it together into a new edition of the annotation that I have going for Hack Slash called Butcher's Block, also on multiversitycomics.com. Cool. Awesome. I've seen those. Yeah, thanks. So right off the bat, um, do you – I uh, <laughs> I completely forgot to write a plot synopsis for this issue. Do you have a plot oh, synopsis? Oh, no problem. Uh, the basic idea is Cat Curio and Pooch called in uh, Cassian Vlad for another one of her investigations – into what seems to be some kind of haunted house with a weird married couple that um, that are doing like a ghost hunting. Turns out things are not quite on the up and up as per usual, uh, and they end up having to face off against ghosts and demonologists who are trying to sacrifice, uh, well, sacrifice Cassie and Cat. Uh, on account of Pooch being Pooch, who is weird and eats random things, they managed to survive, and it seems that it's really, it's mostly just like a, a one-and-done type of thing where Cassie just has to, um, well, deals with Cat uh, again, and seems a little bit nicer about with her than usual. But that it's really it's mostly just uh, that's the basic idea and ending off with them with Cassie and Vlad just driving off to wherever they're off to next. And it seems like they don't really as they used to be. They don't really have a place they live anymore. They basically seem to live out of their van again. The covers are by Tim Seeley and Rebecca Isaacs. The cover with uh, Rebecca, uh, sorry, the cover by Tim Seeley has got a very kind of Scooby-Doo-ish uh, style to it, but a lot of cat's yeah. adventures seem to have that kind of uh, Scooby-Doo style, cat and dog investigations as they're called. Um, yeah. The other cover, okay, <laughs> this is interesting. So it's Cassie in a typical costume that she would wear. Uh, however, she looks like she's wearing a purple version of Vampirella's costume. Uh, with a decapitated clown head on a piece of str- on a piece of rope. Now, I don't understand though why are her breast nipples covered up in black tape when all Rebecca would have to have done is just not draw the nipples. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where you draw attention to it by censoring it. Okay, okay. 
Um, going back to Tim's real quick, I God, I would love it. And this is a hint of something to come. I would love a really spooky haunted house story with Cassie and Vlad that Tim would draw just because the way that the house in the background has got this very spooky kind of vibe to it. Oh yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And I don't think there's enough of that in hack slash because it's a slasher book and slashes are ridiculous. They're very rarely funny. Yeah. I think the closest that we had aside from, well, various things Cats involves in, when, when she has crossovers with other franchises, especially the one with Hatchet, that was technically a haunted house, very technically, and also the one with, it, it involved the puppets, the puppets of the wooden people. I also just want to point out, does this diner become the staple in the comics for a little while? Because I think, don't they meet Vampirella at this diner too coming up? <laughs> I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it's either A, a franchise that they seem to go come by, or if it's just, like, the general idea of a diner. Because we don't really see the outside. Like, it could just be just a general uh, place that looks sort of like a diner. I love diners. My son and I go to one every single uh, Sunday, actually. Um, and it's got this same kind of, like, kitchen counter feel to it. And I've always been drawn to them. Um, I don't know why. It's a very Americana kind of setting, too, because apparently in other countries, they don't really have this kind of style. Yeah. I've only ever seen this, like, it seems like the type of thing that you'd mostly see, like, on the road, which, of course, fits to them. And, yeah, it's it seems like it's just the type of thing where it's just... It's the place that... You would probably see outside, I would just say diner on it. Like, not a real name for it, it would just say diner. The, but, yeah. Um, this also reminds me of um, the scene, okay, so like in um, in Chasing Amy, uh, Jay and Silent Bob meet uh, Ben Affleck's character at the diner, and then of course the, uh, Jay and Silent Bob also go to a diner with uh, with uh, Beverly or uh, whatever her, whatever the Jesus Messiah character's name. So is. the one Dogma. from Dogma. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which is funny because the day we're recording this, which is the sixth of November, it seems like a pseudo through line in a way. Like in that, and especially in that case, it would be oh, we're doing all of the view asking you verse things, and we're gonna make them all. Uh, for this diner, like we'll put it in this type of diner uh, along with having these two guys. In this case, it seems more like they just happened to come by it twice. And I think it's also because, well, the thing after this is um, something that, like you just said, will have something with the diner, but it doesn't seem like it comes up much beyond that. It's more like a on the road type of thing, at least in part because in the case of this series and some of the times in the previous ones, she doesn't really have a place she stays. Mm -hmm. she, so she doesn't really stay at anyone's houses anymore. It's going to be meeting people in these like dive bar, diner type of areas. This look with Pooch and the uh, cow to cover up his hideousness <laughs> so is hilar hilarious. It's so great. Because it's like... You can almost see it's like a guy with a skin condition until you actually look and it's like, no, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> the, 
the scene on page six, I think it's the top of page six, it's illuminated slightly green in this, like, uh, parlor seance room uh, BS, uh, you know, there's a seance table right there in the middle room. Uh, this is 2018 when this came out. I don't even think seance, uh, seance room number one had come out yet. So just a funny foreshadowing of when we're recording this and what is about to come out. Uh, as Cassie and Vlad will be appearing in one of the issues of the upcoming uh, Seance Room trilogy of comic books that were on Kickstarter a few months ago uh, by Ben Goldsmith. And since I haven't actually read Seance, does it involve any... Is it just the orientation of a room, or is it, like, people in this? Um, it's... Okay, so it's um it's a seance room seance it's a seancer who looks somewhat similar to Doctor Strange and he does his reading on you and basically it's got a Tales from the Crypt kind of EC horror vibe to the end of every story. Oh. Yeah. So Yeah, I'm looking here. Yeah, you've got the um stuck with uh this this weird seance room and just from the get-go these this couple is weird even for things that cassie deals with mm -hmm. like most of the time you could see that someone might be a normal person this is not the case here like honestly the man seems almost like a a guy out of a Frankenstein story. Mm -hmm. Looks like Igor. Yeah, a little bit. Um, we got the weird, of course, doll in the background. We have the seance room little orb guy, you know, with the uh, the crystal ball. That guy in the background, the dummy. It's a, it's a, it's one of those dummies like you saw in it. Uh, not it. Why did I say it? Big, big. That he feeds big. the coin to when he says the magic wish. Uh, yeah. Of course, that also popped up if you watched recently Marvel's Werewolf by Night. Hmm. Um, we also might be possibly having, not on the show, mainly because he has said to me on Twitter that he does not speak English even very well, or even a little bit, but the, uh, the artist of this comic book might do a written interview that I will read on the show. Cool. Which even Tim said, well, that will be interesting. I'm like, then I looked up online, he does not do interviews, <laughs> so there's not a lot of information about Sealer online to even find. Yeah, I mean, maybe you'll be able to find something, but I imagine not a lot, because, I mean, it doesn't come to anything either. Like, I, I've seen, um, I tried to come, I mean, at least as far as I could tell, I couldn't see that he comes to any conventions, I imagine, partially because, well, coming to a convention in the U.S., if you're not really great with English, might not be the best option, but... Yeah, he did a really good job on this one. He's actually done a really good job on all of the recent stuff here. This scene with like a Ghostbuster ghost, um, uh, what what what's what's the what's the gun called? The particle thrower. Um, the and, uh, um, the proton something. Yeah, yeah. it's like a proton. Proton pack. Proton pack. Yeah, proton pack. yeah. And, the, and the name of the gun itself is the particle thrower. Yeah. In in nomi patri et fili et spiritus. Centi, I do not speak Latin, and that's what it is. Yeah, 
I think it's in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. Go. Oh, wow. Yeah. You were really good at that, I but know. you did do that whole yeah, I t- I You t- did the uh, timeline, so. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, no, no. I, I, I took Latin in, in high school. Oh, okay. Well, so, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just looking at that, I'm assuming that's what it's supposed to be. Uh, and, yeah, it it looks like a weird cross between that and, like, I know that it, they look the same. It like, Flood from Mario. From, like, uh, Super Mario Sunshine. Where it's like a, uh, in that case, it's like a water gun. Yeah. But it looks kind of like that here. Okay, by the way, so the next scene said in the Latin, Adiro vos in nomine patri. In the, the next page? Yes, uh, she now has the ghost contained in the little trap, which again is basically a ghost. She trap. has that. Uh, all I know is in the name of the fa- in the name of, of the father. I'm not entirely sure what the first one is. I think it's something with us, like help us or something. Uh, Oh, yeah, I swear in the name of the Father. Okay, gotcha. Um, very cool use of the ghost trap. I love how the ghost got to peel off the ghost skin. It was really weird. I would love to see that. Yeah, I, I, I admit it did feel a little weird that just skipped to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, when I was going back, I was like, am I missing a page here? But, it, I mean, it's well done, but it just felt a little strange that you would add that and then you didn't really do anything. So, do you remember the Witchblade television show? I do you mean the anime or the live action? The live action. I remember it. Okay. I've never watched it. Oh, you it. should definitely watch it. I think that first season definitely holds up a lot. Uh, the first episode of the second season is the only good episode of the second season, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> only because it's a giant retcon of the entire first season in a good way, using time travel in a unique way. They kind of endgame the first season. Huh. But I had Yancey Butler on my podcast, the Dead TV podcast. Let me tell you. Oh, my God. (laughs) She was Sarah Pizzini on that show. And we talked about the costume of Witchblade in the comic books. And she agreed after seeing the images of the character, A, there's no way that she was going to get breast enhancement surgery to look like that character. (laughs) Well, I mean, when you're dealing with a comic book... It's next to impossible. Right. Like, we've seen every super, almost every super hard. But I brought up the subject of the fact that I had a police officer, my friend, Ken, uh, Ken, who's a state trooper here in Massachusetts, who I was just at Rhode Island Comic Con with all weekend, because he is also a massive, hardcore Star Wars dealer, collector, and toy fanatic, um, about what do female detectives look like at his police station for the state. And he's like, not like Sarah Pizzini. (laughs) They look athletic. But they're definitely not that kind of like, you know, midriff showing, leather jacket wearing, you know, television looking, you know, look that you have to them. They wear suits. They look more like Dana Scully, she, he said. And yeah. we were when I was talking with Sarah about the costume, and this is going to relate to Cassie in about two seconds. When I was talking to her about Sarah's costume, I said, what did you try and do to make it somewhat like the comic, but not ridiculously giving away the farm of your entire body? And she's like, I think we came to the compromise about, like, you know, I, I have really flat abs. I work out. So a midriff shirt would have been totally fine. So if you notice, I wear a belly shirt a lot. The shirt pops up, and my belly button's showing a lot on the show. And I was like, yes, it is. 
And I look at Cassie's costume, and then maybe, maybe not. I think if they ever, 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 ever got around to getting this done as a television show, which it should never be a movie, a TV show, they would definitely put Cassie in a costume that was not so revealing, but still goth hottie enough that nobody should complain, really. Maybe similar to, I mean, the first, like, the classic outfit seems doable from the majority of the series. It seems doable. It's not like superhero or anything, but it's something that someone could hypothetically wear. But yeah, I do think that in terms of this, I do think this outfit is a little strange, but it works. I would like, definitely it, see her wearing like something like the craft girls wear, or I don't think anything, I don't think wearing fishnets over a bra with pants on, which she has done, would be yeah. bad. I think that would be okay as well. You know what I mean? And I'm sure some yeah. purists online that want to bitch and complain about everything, that have never read the fucking comic book, will say something, but I'm not going to care. As long as Cassie is co- cast, c- cast correctly, that'd be fine. I'm not going to get into, like, oh, like, color of skin and all that stuff. I, I don't want to get into all that. But yeah, I, I mean, think... I, do, I do imagine that she is probably pretty pale. Yes, because because ninety percent of right. her time yeah. outside is at night. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this thing that she captures with by the by the antenna is that a what, what type of fish is this called? It's like an anglerfish. Yes. Okay. It also reminds me of the fish that tries to eat Obi Wan and uh, and. Uh, oh and, yeah, yeah. And, uh, in and, uh, in, uh, in uh, Phantom Menace. Yes. The uh, in the water. <laughs> yeah, the one where it was. Uh, um, there, it, there's always a bigger fish. That one. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, the one yeah. that, uh, that uh, God, what is that stupid thing's name? He was just at the convention I was just at. I actually kind of wanted to meet him and just uh, say, dude, you Jar Jar? Know, like, yes, Jar Jar. Uh, the actor who played Jar Jar was at the convention I was just at. Oh, cool. Uh, this cult of weirdos dressed up the way they are? Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, I'm actually really surprised. I know that, like, with the art style, I don't think that the previous art style's could have possibly gotten away with this, but uh, yeah, um, it's showing pretty much everything. Like I'm kind of surprised. Every, basically, if it's above the belt, they're basically showing it, showing anything and everything. Yeah, it's a little weird. It's a little strange. Um, but I think that is the point. Again, these are weird even for that. Yeah, I I couldn't tell if the person in the horned hat was a girl it looks like their breasts covered up so it's i think that the one with the horn thing that is the uh that's the wife okay yeah no she's lying on the ground in the next panel with her nipple exposed yes and the other guy's got the crotch pizza on the cover of his penis yes. so that's good yes. and they're gonna sacrifice cat and it was like I, I I remember reading this like years ago and being like I thought this was a cat dog story. No, this is cat getting into trouble and Cassie having to rescue her. <laughs> yeah. Then again, that's a lot of cat dog stories. <laughs> like she does have a lot of uh, issues with that type of stuff, which is probably why she brought her on for this. But <laughs> I did find it a little strange that um, Cassie suddenly had this thing against ghosts. Didn't she fight? Uh, Victor Crowley. Yeah, but that's a more like a 
That that that's that's like a curse manifested as a poltergeist, yeah. I guess. Yeah, they because they kept they always call him a ghost. He's definitely like a teleporting zombie. Right. Like that that that's not a ghost. That's too physical. Correct. Um, the the scene with she she uh, she pulls what 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 character of Mortal Kombat rips someone's heart out? Uh, Kano. Kano. I'm okay. actually I I actually think also uh, what's the name of the guy from Temple of Doom. Uh, oh, Mola Ram from uh, in Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. Yes. Also kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, you don't even see her doing it. It's just, it's, he has no heart now. And, yeah, it looks like it's some kind of overall, like, a demonic. Okay. I, what, I know. What, the, right, real the, quick. So yeah. she splats the blood of the heart on the um, sundial, but yeah. the crown on her head is still clean in one panel. You go to the third panel over it, it looks like it's dripping in oh, black yeah. blood. Uh, I'm not the... sure if that's blood or if that's the shadow. Okay. But what I was going to point out was that because we're recording this in November, um, in about two weeks, I think DC Comics is publishing the 30th anniversary of the Death of Superman special, which is not a reprint of the Death of Superman, but just kind of like a you know, whatever is going to be included in it with all the different people who ever worked on the Death of Superman. In the Death of Superman, to get over the censors of comic books at the time, which was the Comic Code Authority, they had to make the blood black. So whenever Superman got punctured by Doomsday, which happened a lot, his blood was black. It was so weird. Yeah, that is weird. It actually makes me think of when they had, uh, for the more recent Mortal Kombat games, when they're showing... Like when people were trying to find like uh, fatality compilations, the only ones they were ever able to actually keep online were the ones with the only person with green blood, because everything else kept getting taken down. It's a very similar thing to that, where you need like the sensors are going to automatically flag something with red blood as too realistic. I do you find it kind of interesting that they got dressed in what, like 15 minutes? Yes. <laughs> like look, look at this the outfit is completely different and it, i'm assuming this is supposed to be maybe 10 15 minutes he chews away which also means that he was wearing that underneath his clothes they go to a drive-in afterwards and i love the um the next month about the next issue tonight found footage horror festival cat heroes the burrows in invocation tomorrow toy dog and comic show next month hack slash resurrection number eight return to haverhill <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love how that's put together, and it's that, and then also, of course, Vlad has, uh, this is the second or third time that he has absolutely no idea when someone actually is into him. It's actually really funny, <laughs> because it's just, he, like, looking at him, he looks, I mean, and is, like he's a... Uh, a few years older than her. I think he's like nine years older uh, or so. And, but hearing that it's like, uh, yeah, um, you don't know, like, I think like sexual innuendo is your third language in a weird way. Even before the actual issues came out, seeing that thing return to Haverhill immediately after that whole um, last comment made me know who was going to be coming up next. The, uh, yeah, the, Vlad's entire, um, 
inability to pick up on subtle hints is hilarious, especially the she said she wanted me inside her. Oh, boy, buddy, that's not what that means. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What uh, and... what is he petting? By the way, is that is that Pooch, or is that a cat? Oh no no no, that's Dario. That's your cat. Oh, that's the cat. Okay. All right. Yeah yeah that 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 they actually they mentioned Dario throughout the issue. Like there was a part where she's trying to get Pooch to come back. It's like, oh, don't worry, I'll, I'll let you eat out of Pooch's uh, out, out of uh, Dario's litter box because this is Pooch. Of course, you would eat that. And yeah, I from what I could tell, Dario, this cat is basically the only thing she took from that camp. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yep, yep, yep. Because well, she you know the whole camp went to hell. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she Volcan went to hell, and she somehow managed to make it worse. <laughs> but um, then again, that's that's pretty much part of the course with her. The um, so I actually uh, the, the the digital version actually does have ads in the back. But the only thing I want to point out is uh, Bedlam is a great book that never got finished. If you like hack slash, you oh, should yeah. read it. But they also, it's funny, and this show has never been made yet. There's an ad on the back of the book for The Magic Order, which has been hyped up since 2018 to be a Netflix Marvel, a Mark Miller, uh, part of his Mark Miller Netflix deal show, and the show has never been made. And after the last yeah, the two show Mark has never Miller made. Shows, I think they're on the third series now. Yes, but the last two Mark Miller shows got canceled on Netflix, and they're still no word yet on the Kingsman show. So who knows if Mark Miller even wants to continue dealing with Netflix. <laughs> Yeah, I Mark, mean, Mark, he's sorry. done movies. Mel- but... I'm sorry, it's Mark Millar. I'm sorry. Mill- Millar, yeah. yeah. Millar. I, I was thinking because there are there is also a Mark Miller. Yes. But, yeah, I mean, there are certain ones of his that seem like they could work, but for the most part, it, I mean, I, most I, of it doesn't. I, I got a question. How hard would it be for an intrepid independent filmmaker to get the rights to Hackslash from Tim and then go straight to Kickstarter with a full cast to make a hack slash movie. I think he actually at this point, as long as it's within the range of actually being somewhat um, faithful, would kind of go for whoever would take it. I honestly, a friend of mine was and I were talking about that, saying, "Has anyone ever done anything with Hackslash?" And I sent them just a bunch of emails, and I'm just like, "You get a re." I, I either listen to this one episode of the podcast called Hackslash the Movie, which had a huge amount of hits for me, only because people were expecting us to talk about the reveal of a Hackslash movie coming out, only to find <laughs> out, no, it's just Tim coming on to talk about all the failed Hackslash attempts. <laughs> That's what person sent me the fair. nastiest email saying how I misled him, and I'm like. I didn't say it was the hacks. You idiot! Oh my god! First of all, did you even look at the title? It was called "Hack Slash the Movie?" Question mark explanation point. Question mark explanation point. Yeah, I mean, I imagine they might think that that means, "Oh my god, we're revealing something." I imagine that might be the case, but at the same time, do you think Tim you would, would even probably, come you would on my show to make that reveal? He has an agent. They would book him on every major popular actual show. Plus, he would have to have signed an NDA that he can't even reveal anything until cameras yeah. were rolling on the film. <sighs> yeah. I mean, people and... don't understand how Hollywood works. And again, yeah. I don't... I mean, I can reach out to Tim Seeley just as easily as Greg can, but if if Hackslash blew up like The Walking Dead, Tim would be unaccessible. Yeah. Like, at best, we would be able to get some information, but... 
at best, I'd get a cease and desist order to stop the podcast because they're going to probably hire someone to do an after show pack slash TV show podcast, and they don't want to interfere. They don't want mine interfering with it. But we yeah. live in an age of we live in a, the United States of America where we have freedom of journalism. That probably would never fly, and I could probably go to him and be like, "Seriously, do I have to stop?" <laughs> yeah, I, I think that he is like he's happy for anything he can um, get from us, and. I more like a day or so ago, someone put together like a. Uh, it was on Twitter. Someone was making a, uh, what was it? Some kind of edit of a possible cover thing for announcing a um, a TV show on on Shutter. And they're like, we put this together just for if it came on Shutter. And then he was like, well, I, like I, I would be in favor of it. And I just wrote. I thought this was real, and I'm immensely disappointed. Because it looks it looks exactly like it would. But I think actually Shudder would be a good option for them. Like, I mean, he's yes, all, he's yes. all, he recently worked with them on Reveal. Oh, oh my god, you're 100% right. That could possibly be something in the works, but we don't know. We're speculating, and he might be under yeah. NDA to not talk about it. I'm not going to ask, and nobody else should email him. I was at Comic-Con this weekend, and three people did the most amazing thing in front of their panels, which I swear to God, everybody on planet fucking Earth in Hollywood needs to do this in front of their panels, because I am so sick and tired of the stupidity of fans. Now, there are the stupidity of fans, and then there are fans who've just never been to Comic-Con before, and that's a pass. I forgive you for being ignorant. It's not your fault. But... You're not going to get answers out of a project that has not come out yet that is scheduled to be released. You fucking idiots. Stop asking people to talk about X, Y, and Z project if it's still waiting to be released. Timothy Zahn, the creator of the Air of the Empire trilogy of Star Wars novels and Grand Admiral Thrawn, right at the start of his panel, said, Please do not ask me about the Ahsoka Tano show. Please do not ask me about what's going to happen with Grand Admiral Thrawn. Please don't ask me about Ezra Miller's character, or whatever that, not Ezra Miller. Uh, uh, Ezra Bridger. Thank you. Totally Ezra different Miller's, guy. Yes, totally different guy. And I was <laughs> so happy. Stephen Amell said, I don't know what's going to happen with the conclusion of The Flash, because the conclusion of The Flash is going to be the end of the Arrowverse. Superman and Lois is moving over to, the, to HBO Max. So refreshing when a star does that, because all I keep going to these panels, and the most thing that aggravates the hell out of me is like, can you talk about the upcoming season? No, they can't. They're not going to talk about it at Rhode Island Comic Con, of all places. San Diego Comic Con? Yes, they will reveal spoilers at San Diego Comic Con that they're allowed to reveal. New York? Maybe. Maybe. But, God, it frustrates the shit out of me when I see people post to, and it's not Tim Seeley because I don't follow every post that he gets, but I see people post to celebrities, actors, comic book creators about plot spoilers. Stop asking! You're embarrassing yourself, and honestly, you make the rest of us look terrible. Yeah. The closest I would even bother with is if there's something where you're trying to figure out like the mechanics of how something works and if they say well we'll figure that out later okay but actual plot spoilers is another thing entirely yeah totally so greg where can people find you after uh insulting an entire fan base <laughs> listen, 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 listen. We're not insulting anybody. We're just trying to give people really good advice after being at Rhode Island Comic Con, seeing three celebrities from three different genres books, comic books, and television. I, I'm around on Twitter, Gregory Elner. Uh, 
but I'm also, uh, I write for multiversitycomics.com under Greg Elder. I do a bunch of reviews. I do, I, when I can, I put together uh, annotations on various things. I do some uh, review, some recaps of certain TV shows, not that often, but more I do the, mostly I do the reviews. Also there, you might find some information in my most recent interview on when I did ask uh, Tim Steely about uh, what there is to come without actually, like, asking if there was anything to come. Gotcha. Cool. And you can find me on, of course, the Goth Girl Horror Twitter. I am also on thatradiohorror at gmail.com for emails. If you'd like to send questions, accolades, uh, comments, and anything else about the podcast, make sure you direct any and all comments about the podcast to that email and that Twitter. This has no association with Tim Seeley and the affiliates of Image Comics. Just to keep that in mind, we are an independent podcast separate from Tim Seeley. Tim has come on the show, but he does not... Um, own this podcast. So he supports it, but he does not own it. So we just want to make that clear uh, for anyone who wants to ask me, should I send this to Tim? I'm like, no, send this to me. <laughs> He's not going to answer it. This is my podcast. Do yourself a favor. Go over to BigBadToys.com, plug for them, even though they don't sponsor the show, and uh, pick up that Cassie toy that's supposedly coming out sometime soon in 2023, hopefully, because it looks awesome. I like the way it looks. It looks like Cassie, too. Unlike the last toy that came out, <laughs> I think it hit its pre-order goal. It's not a Kickstarter, but pre-orders have to hit a certain number in order for them to mass-produce the toy in China. Hopefully they hit it. I believe they did. I can't wait to get one. I know Greg probably ordered one. I definitely know Tim's going to get one. So go to Big Bad Toys and check out that Cassie Hack figure. It's in a line of other female uh, action figures of independent characters, I think. Right. And we'll be back in a couple weeks. Or about a month or so with maybe a guest for the upcoming Hack Slash uh, Resurrections issues 8, 9, and 10, which 8, 9, 10, and 11, which feature the return of Vampirella to the Hack Slash uh, comic book series. Cassie, Cassie, who you gonna talk tonight? Let the villains know that she's looking for a fight. 